Fire Tribe, where you at? I hope you're ready, rising from the ashes and it's getting heavy Conspiracies, we got plenty and some are scary From aliens to Bigfoot, extraordinary, yeah, yeah Danunaki Dan and the homie Romy I was bugging out, all the crazy things he showed me Jesus bloodlines to the stars in the skies Always a good time, vibing with the fire tribe Hey, So wake up, wake up, get it cracking Rise out the ashes, I know you got a passion Kick off the combo with theories, many conspiracies Other dimensions, plenty ancient history Fire tribe, where you at? Wake up we about to get into it I know you can't get enough At home, at work It don't matter, turn it up Rising from the ashes You know what's up, ayy uh, Rising from the ashes Hello everyone, welcome to Rising From the ashes I'm Danny Naki Dan And I'm the homie Romy Hey, 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 hey What's good, homie? Everything You excited? Yep like always, sure. You sound Absolutely. super excited. I'm incredibly excited. I'm got a warm belly, warm heart, <laughs> a warm, uh, open ears for these lovely humans that, um, uh, that uh, that are have joined us on this group show at the yeah. end of our first month of the new year. Oh my gosh, thank you guys. <laughs> so we got four guests for you guys tonight. We got uh, Esoteric Eddie. What's up, Eddie? What up, what up? Namaste. Tell people a little bit about yourself and where they can find you at. Cool. I'm Esoteric Eddie. Been studying the esoteric, the occult, the conspiratorial for uh, well over 10 years now. Um, just, I'm an author. Just released a book called The Lucifer Mystery Revealed. You can get it on Amazon or hit me up on Instagram at Esoteric Eddie. I'm also a content creator at Esoteric Eddie TV on YouTube. Cheers. Excellent. Thank you, sir. And then we got Kyle from the Big Dumb. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Good to be here. Uh, I'm Kyle with the Big Dumb Podcast. Um, always good to hop in a show and uh, talk about stuff that I literally know not much about. But hey, I can uh, I can uh, crack a dick joke in or anything if you need that <laughs> while we're here. But I'm, I'm excited to be here. You know, I, I'm I'm dumb, but I know what's right and what's wrong. So um, I'll contribute what I can. But it should be a good show. And yeah, check out the Big Dumb Podcast. Uh, the D jokes aren't really the growth we're looking for, but we'll take it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, and then up next, Emmanuel Kingman. Uh, what's going on, everybody? So I'm host of Godcast, the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. I got the YouTube channel Goodness Over Darkness, and you know, I just I I was saved by Jesus Christ last year. It was actually like one year and one week ago. Uh, which was amazing. Yeah, I became psychic and I studied the astral realms and and the occult and all that stuff. And then I, after I learned all the chakra systems and and all that type of stuff, becoming enlightened in oneself. After that, then I was saved by Jesus Christ, which was a whole other thing that has been happening to me for the last year. And I do energy type of work now with in conjunction with Jesus Christ, and it's. Not really deliverance the way that deliverance is, but it's uh, I do spiritual baptisms and I do mentorship programs uh, because I change around my life completely. But, you know, that's a whole big story into itself. But I'm glad to be here. Thank you uh, for having me here, Dan and Romy. Yeah, thank you. Of man. course, sir. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Up next, we got Steve Poikonen from Slow hey, News Day. Still- I'm uh I'm I'm Steve. I do. I host a show called Slow News Day. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, uh grown up adult conversations about complicated and controversial topics with nuance and the occasional dick joke. 
Um, it's uh, yeah, it's not just Kyle. It's not just Kyle. It makes the world go round. It really does. Um, but uh, you can find all of our stuff currently on uh, on rockfin.com slash slow newsday. We are in the process of completely removing ourselves or removing ourselves as much as humanly possible from centralized platforms and, and systems going to be uh having a large announcement about that very very soon um also i have two books that are in the works right now and it's a nightmare writing two books at once um and uh yeah all kinds of good stuff going on so rockfin.com slash slow news day thank you very much for having me on by the way thank you very much steve and wajid how's it going wajid hey dan good to be on your show um so um i wrote a book uh, in august of 2020 called the struggle for world sanity uh, i have a number of years background in uh, in metaphysics and spirituality new, new age philosophy uh, i also have a technical background and worked also a number of years as a union actor uh, doing voiceover and commercials and um if you want more information, you can go to my website, which is wajidauthor.com. Good to be here. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, so I think we're going to start off with the bad and then finish up with the good because we want to send that positive message out towards the end. So we're going to kind of go around the horn. And and what is your uh, – we'll start with Eddie. What is your – we'll keep the same order. What is your idea of what is – inherently evil what is lucifer what is satan what is this duality that we live in in this world look like to you sir absolutely huge question of course oh yeah (laughs) and uh for me it's it's a lifelong um process to understand that question and it's something that's going to take my entire life i think to really understand but um just inherently speaking, I think evil, it, it's, it's, it's us. You know, when I look around at the world, I see evil coming from humans. And um, to when, when I study that deeper, you know, where the source of evil um, came from and, and what infiltrated itself into us, um, you know, of course, we can look at all different uh religions or doctrines that like the Gnostics or all kinds of theology who, who would say that it was entities or deliberate who, entities in, in our ancient past who deliberately infiltrated themselves upon us and uh, more or less tricked us or deceived us and got us on this wrong path in which we incarnated physically here in this realm, in this universe, or on this earth, whatever it is we're in, this simulation. So um, at one point we uh, seemingly or apparently were good beings of good stature, of good spirit. And then somewhere along that line, something intervened deliberately and got us off this path. What that was is up for interpretation and, and is what all the great mystics of throughout all history have tried to understand but as of right now, um, I'm concluding evil is is just is humans. It's a hu- we humans are evil inherently, and where we got that um, is is the question. Now, as far as Satan, of course, Satan is a is a Judaic 
and Christian concept. And um, that's their explanation for evil, right? Nowadays is Satan was the one who who did that to us. Um, but uh, if I'm being integritous to, to academia, I would say Satan is actually just uh, a concocted character and actually wasn't actually a part of the Old Testament. It was a later Christian um, creation. Um, and as far as Lucifer, well, that's, I have the same feelings towards Lucifer. And I just wrote a book on Lucifer called The Lucifer Mystery Revealed, where um, I kind of take the audience through a historical journey on how the idea of Lucifer came to be. And it's the same thing. Lucifer never really existed in the Bible. It was a mistranslation from the English to the, from the, from the Latin, from the Greek, from the Hebrew. And Lucifer uh, was a creative, a created concept by the early Christians who misunderstood these texts and then was later um, popularized by literary works such as Dante's Inferno. And then just once the occultists got their hands on Lucifer and the concept of Lucifer, it just took off. And now we're just tangled with this archetype known as Lucifer and Satan, which are just to me are just um, human explanations for something we still don't understand, which is evil and where that comes from. That's a pretty solid answer. Better than I could ever do. <laughs> uh, Kyle, you want to try to match that? Uh, I'm not even going to try, man. <laughs> uh, I will just say, you know, growing up in a somewhat Catholic tradition, um, you know, I, I had an idea of what good and evil was. And um, not that I ever really followed that, but um I have to agree with with Eddie there that you know evil is something inherent within all of us. I think we all have the capacity for evil as well as the capacity for good. But I do I would disagree and say that uh, inherently humans are good. Um, you know, if you just picked one up off the street, you know, they'd most maybe not off the street, but from uh, uh, from birth, perhaps you know that uh, you look at a child and um, you know they're they're inherently good. They're beautiful and uh, and creative beings, and then somewhere along the line. Um, I think it's the nature of this world as other humans. It's, it's, uh, and cause when you look at nature, there's not really evil in nature. Yeah. There's some, you know, kind of horrible things, animals eating and killing each other and natural disasters and all that, but there's nothing really evil about that. It's just kind of a duality of, of nature and, and balance. But as far as, um, good and evil, I, I, it's really hard to say. I think it's just about what you can find within yourself and how you um, interact with others and, and yourself and the world too. Uh, and as far as Lucifer and, and God, kind of the same thing. I, I have this image of a, a dude with pointy ears and a, and a pointy tail with a, with a spear, you know? Um, and I think it's definitely something that we don't quite understand. You know, I've heard ideas of, you know, Lucifer is really God or God is Lucifer, you know, um, so I really, I really don't know, man. Um, I'm curious to see what the rest of you guys have to say about this, who, who maybe know a little bit yeah. more about it than I do. I'm sure Emmanuel's got a lot to say about this. Emmanuel. Uh, well, I liked, uh, you know, what they had to say. And I think <laughs> what Kyle was just saying about the, the character looking like that, I think that's from Krampus. His, our depiction of it really just comes back from Krampus from like the 300s, which I think was an actual real thing. But that's uh, besides the point. Uh, so when you said we'll start with the bad, so first yeah. when we have this word, we have good and bad. That's perception. 
that's not mm-hmm. really uh, um, an objective thing. But when we take the terms good and evil, now you have an objective thing because we all share the same moral compass. Now, what happens is our moral compass gets offline somehow. Uh, like Kyle was just saying, things happen to us when we're born as children. We are pure. You know, we're inherently good uh, beings. We just we're morally sound. Then something happens and it leads us down and we uncalibrate our moral compass and we start to see all the evil around us and we start to normalize it all. So then we start to see oh, this guy has a porn addiction. This guy has a drug addiction. This guy beats his wife. This guy murders children, all sorts of stuff. So we're like, oh, well, compared to everyone else, we're not so bad. And then we think we're not bad. But then we're committing very evil acts to ourselves. When we sin, sin means just missing the mark, right? The mark is to be perfect. So when we miss the mark of being perfect, we're sinning, which is hurting ourselves, which is then making us hurt others. And it's a whole branch and we reap what we sow. So as if I say something that, hurt somebody else and then they go around and they either hurt me back or they hurt someone else based upon what I just said to them, you know, that's reaping and sowing and that's creating evil. So there's this whole weird thing going on where we are inherently evil and we are inherently good, but it's only because we are in this fleshly world that we're in. Like esoteric Eddie was saying, we're not from here. This isn't our world. We're not physical beings having spiritual experiences we are spiritual beings having a physical experience for some reason now a lot of christ or not christians but a lot of religions explain this as we're being punished for falling we fell from somewhere else and why is that you know there's different explanations different places but i don't really know if anyone could ever have the answer whether it's we have to go through this process in order to become one with God. If we have to go through this process to actually learn good from evil, if we have to go through this process because we forgot what good and evil was because we were there so long, you know, there's so many different choices and they all sound relatively good depending on your perception, you know? So uh, there's just a lot to that. So what you were saying with Lucifer and Satan, and I'll even throw in the devil, they're definitely three different characters. And this is a download, you know, quote unquote download that I got a few weeks ago, actually listening to Esoteric Eddie on uh, The Great Deception and on your podcast as well. It, that's how things really just come to me. I get explanations Excellent. on things when I, I listen to it and I ask God for clarification and he brings it in. So Lucifer, a Lucifer, is someone who brings the knowledge of moral and immoral behaviors, just brings it all to you and says, here it is. That's a Lucifer, a light bringer, a light bearer. Like the code of Hammurabi? I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, okay, so a, a Satan is an adversary, right? A Satan is one who encourages you to do immoral behaviors, knows the moral and immoral, and encourages you to do the immoral right? For no apparent reason, just encourages the opposite of good. Now, the devil is one who encourages immoral so that he can then punish you because he knows that he shouldn't have been giving you the immoral behavior, but he's dangling this carrot in front of you so that he can punish you when you get it. This is, and that's the whole concept of Lucifer, Satan, and devil. 
kind of summed up in a, a brief understanding that a human could have. That's uh, what I got on that. That's pretty solid. Uh, Code of Hammurabi is kind of similar to like Moses. It's the, the bringer of the laws of basically of, of what's good and what's not good. Don't break these laws. These are bad. Hermetic laws or what law? Like ph- philosophical style laws or actual like judicial laws? More well, philo- Leviticus was a law book. So technically both. <laughs> there we oh, go. shit. Wajid. <laughs> uh, yeah, great. Uh, good stuff, guys. Um, you know, I, I strongly believe that as as human beings we have a lower self and a and a higher self and it's portrayed many times as as you know the devil on the left shoulder and an angel on the right shoulder and you know we have free will and uh, it's up to us you know um there's a american indian uh proverb of the you know the two wolves inside you you know one is nasty and and horrible and murderous and the other one is serene and peaceful and spiritual and 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 the question they ask about which wolf is yours and and the answer was the one that you feed and you know in regards to good and evil um you know we uh, we have to go beyond the physical realm um you know i followed my own yogi master um dr george king uh for over 40 years and um he was able to uh as 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 an adept and a yogi project from the physical body in full consciousness and was able to go to the so-called invisible realms of this earth and he said there were six realms above us and which which are the higher mental realms and four realms below us which is which are the low astral or the uh, or as the people have referred to as the hells and i'm a firm believer in reincarnation i think reincarnation should be taught worldwide and if we look at um our history we've been on this planet for over 18 million years ago uh we fell from grace from um uh, he wrote a book in in the 60s called the nine freedoms where he talked about the total history of this earth and we fell from grace uh from another planet that we actually inhabited in this solar system by the name of maldek and from Maldek, uh, which was actually exploded uh, by a, a, an atomic explosion, uh, we reincarnated upon this planet. So, you know, the Bible talks about uh, Adam and Eve and the fall from the Garden of Eden. And that is a parallel parable to um, the story of, you know, what, what actually happened 18 million years ago. And all that's left of our home planet is the asteroid belt. So we've been here 18 million years ago. We've, 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 we've risen and fallen. We've had two uh, major civilizations, the civilization of Lemuria, which fell in an atomic uh, war, and the Earth tilted on her axis, and, of course, the um, atomic destruction of Atlantis, which occurred 100,000 years ago. Um, and so coming back to today, Today, um, I definitely believe that there is uh, an invisible uh, war going on. Not only there's a physical wars going on here, but I believe there's wars going on uh, behind the scenes which, between the forces of darkness and the forces of good. And um, I can definitely refer to as 
Satan, Lucifer, uh, Beelzebub, uh, whatever this entity was, was created by mankind. We created this monster uh, that resided in these lower astral realms. And um, based on the information I received from my own yogi master, uh, three specially trained uh, interplanetary spiritual masters were introduced uh, to the physical realm who actually went down to the lower astral realms. Um, and uh, in, in on February the 24th, 1969, uh, they had full contact battle with this entity called Satan that had ruled these lower astral realms along with the physical realms of this earth and destroyed this monster. So we're one of the few people that can actually say that Satan is dead. Uh, there's a great book on, um, <clears throat> on Amazon called The Three Saviors Are Here, The Transmutation of Satan, uh, which would be an interesting reference point. Now, in regards to good and evil, um, I believe that we are, thoughts are real, um, I believe there there is uh, has been plans for centuries to keep mankind under control, under uh, you know in in slavery um, by these uh, evil demonic monsters that reside in these lower realms, and what they feed on is the the hate and the greed and the jealousy and the and and the suffering of mankind and build their. Um, uh, build their own uh, armies in these lower realms, and so these are truths that people have not even even realized, of, but that are coming through in these days uh, through the information that I received. And so I I believe that um, you know if we're not careful, we're going to probably get another nuclear holocaust, which will probably be the fourth one we've had in our history, and it's up to us in these days not to listen uh, to these uh, promptings, these mental uh, mass media uh, fear, uh, division, which is causing hatred between races and religions. And it's time for us now uh, to rise on mass and uh, transform. Uh, again, I think I agree with Eddie that everything that we've created uh, is a result of our own inaction. And so we, as an as a race, uh, have to conform as a un as as one unified race, and rise uh, on a spiritual level at uh, this time uh, to correct the uh, terrible wrongs that we've created in our history. Man, fantastic! Thank you so much. Yeah, a lot of interesting stuff in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, Steve, you want to try to follow that? <laughs> Wow. <clears throat> See, in the original order, I, I was stuck in between Emmanuel. And so I kind of feel like, like, I don't know if I feel better or worse now. I don't. Um, I want to. So I grew up uh, in, in like evangelical light or not evangelical light. That's that's incorrect. Pentecostal light. Uh, it, it the Church of God at Anderson, Indiana, uh, where my grandfather was a minister that went to graduated from the you know Church of God University, where my mom taught up the road from the church that 
my grandpa preached at that I went to and what I used. And, and so that that was that was my background in spirituality. So the devil that that you guys had talked about with uh with the pointy ears and the tail was certainly one that I was familiar with. But when I was around 15 years old and my grandfather figured out that I had perhaps at some point previously stumbled across once or twice a, a cannabis cigarette. Um, he was <laughs> like, you know, you're going to go off and read some weird stuff anyway. Here, I'm going to give you my collection of uh, you know, other people's spiritual texts. Uh, and and i'm going to encourage you to read all of it uh, and then when you figure out what the commonality is then do you can you know as long as you're letting that being the the guiding point of your spirituality i think you're going to be okay um and overall it, i don't know if there's a a quantifiable It's like the Supreme Court justice who said that he couldn't define pornography, but he knew it when he saw it. Okay, there's things that are tangibly evil that I agree have a lot to do with perception. Right. Like we can we can agree on that. But I think that there are things that probably because of of both our nature and our nurture, we recognize collectively to be evil. I imagine if we were raised in a society where, you know, five year olds were stabbing five year olds for supremacy, that if that was the only society we knew, then that's the society we would be comfortable with. And everything else would seem entirely alien and super weird neither here nor there because that's a thought experiment um when it comes to placing your your spiritual energy into something i think that that's a deeply personal thing and i think that that it involves hopefully informed consent exposure to all available avenues of ideas uh and an opt-out option or an evolve option an ascend option, if you were, uh, you know, if you'll indulge that point. I don't, I, I totally agree with the triumvirate, uh, Lucifer God, or Lucifer Satan and the devil, with the possible pushback that it, I'm not entirely sure if the devil's job is to punt. I thought the devil's job was to harvest and collect souls. Like it was like for an ultimate spiritual showdown. So I, I, I'm not entirely sure, or at least that's the way it was marketed to me. I could be entirely wrong about that. I'm totally willing to be. Uh, in terms of that, though, I would think that the, the goal, or at least the primary goal of the devil would be to collect the souls rather than to punish, and, and that the fallout for whatever wickedness is based on the moral code of the society in which you live. Nice. Excellent. Good. Good. Uh, Roman. Um, yeah, I, picked up, I, I love, I love everybody's answers. Thank you all. Amazingly smart, beautiful, uh, decadent, uh, layered and stacked, uh, uh, beautiful, sweet treats that you all are. You don't got to uh, lie to me, but uh, you can tell me mine was bad. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're I delicious. Totally treat, baby. Being a snack. I am. I am a damn treat. Thank you very much. You know, for- my, my favorite type of, uh, uh, of treats are assorted. 
that's, a, that's, a, that's another Zoom. That's another Zoom meeting. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, yeah. So I mean, we've been going into this all month. So I I will just kind of like pick up on some ideas I had while y'all were talking, um, and and kind of uh, and go off of that. I think um, that's definitely a big point that Steve brought up. Is you know this concept of um, you know the devil that would have a major mission of keeping all of the souls right, which could be um, you know uh, understood as keeping the humans on this realm who are here for a reason to higher ascend and higher their vibrations and higher knowledge and higher understanding of higher cosmic goodness. So the devil could be perceived as something that would be maintaining our low vibration here to maintain the souls here. So they wouldn't go on and above and do the duties of the actual soul's journey upon its cosmic journey, which through my experiences of meditation and my great deep love for yoga is the only thing that slows my ass down. Only thing that gets me connected into my mind and body. So during those experiences, I think that there is some sort of invisible spiritual war going on. <laughs> but something else I wanted to bring up I thought was interesting because, you know, in this truth-seeking community, we're trying to make ties from all these different angles. And when you have something from over here that sounds like something from over here, and then you do some research and you find out that they are connected, right? You find out, wow, what, what the, you know, they're, you know, this specific, uh, God is holding a, a, a scepter or has, um, a type of headdress that is similar to this, you know, Aztec God and, you know, so on and so forth. And there's a connection in the middle. So like I've been looking into Atlantis a lot, right? Atlantis is very early on civilization that was, um, here during a golden age of earth, right? With this beautiful technology and, and a symbiotic, uh, lifestyle of just, complete gushy gushy goodness perfect in conception probably not perfect nothing is because perfect i okay i'm gonna stop rambling here but poseidon trident right poseidon the god of the seafaring atlantic people but then why does the devil have a trident right why so that's satan this this character and i'm wondering was the so in some books that I've read, uh, Atlantis, the Pre-Diluvian time, or the people of the Pre-Diluvian age, something along that line, uh, they said that Atlantis was actually around, and there were other continents like Europe was going, and Europe was established, and Europe was around, and there was some Eastern like um, China and Upper Russia was still was was around when Atlantis was happening. Atlantis was a seafaring, but you know they did everything on their islands in the Atlantic. They ruled over that area, and Poseidon was this god, and this was in Plato's description of Atlantis as well. And so I, I automatically go to think, well, if, you know, when the New World Order, the Christians, the monotheistic, I'm going to say like Christians, you know, broad claim like that, right? The Vatican, the Holy Roman Empire want to paint a picture and flip everything in reality on its upside down um, to hide us and suppress the history. Then I, I think, oh, what if Poseidon is his devil character just to further like demonize the old world ways of free, uh, resonant architecture and like absolute vibrational, like an expansion of the humans. I drank a lot of coffee before this. And so that was a ramble. I hope that made sense. And that's all I got. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that uh, also Prometheus is considered to be a devil, uh, evil character. 
uh, but to the gods, because to the humans, he's actually revered because he's the one that brought us fire. He's so, like the Lucifer, right? Yeah. So he's the light bringer because he brought light to the people. So you could, so you can see these things in different ways based on who's portraying the image of this character, uh, could be conveyed as good or bad, depending upon what side the, his people are on, you know, or, or whatever have you, however you want to say that. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, evil is, is everywhere. It permeates everything, uh, as well as good. I think sometimes we give in too much to evil because I think it's easier. It's the lazier way out. You don't have to, uh, put in too much effort or work to be uh, a crappy person. Sometimes, um, you just, you can just be lazy, be slothful and, not just just not give a crap about anything and that could even be considered evilness uh just the lack of effort or work or of service or of giving um i think that could all be considered evil if we all work to do good for everybody and for each other and for ourselves then we'd all be able to rise to a higher vibration and then with uh, Satan and Lucifer, uh, yeah, I think they're egregorical characters. Uh, we have put these things onto certain scapegoats, uh, just like how we talked about Prometheus and Poseidon. Uh, one one views it as good, one views it as bad. So you can put these scapegoat-type figures on to whatever you want and call that Satan or call that Lucifer and call that evil uh, if it doesn't fit like what your own moral understandings are. Um, so I think to me, that's kind of a little bit of, uh, what evil is. Uh, I agree a lot with what everybody else here has said too. And I, I'm, I'm really thankful that all of you guys were on here and were able to share all those different aspects of, of what evil is, because I think there's a lot of similarity in all of those, even though we all come from different backgrounds, we're different skin tones, we're different belief systems and everything. We can all pretty much agree on what evil really is and and how not to be a dick. There's a dick. (laughs) Yeah, I think Steve kind of said it best. (laughs) Thanks. You you said dick. I jumped right in. Um, (laughs) I think Steve said it best, though. It's like you can't describe it, but you know it when you see it. And I think that's a good way to kind of. I thought that was a solid analogy too. Yeah, yeah. cuz you you can see something that's just horrible fucked up and you might like indulge in it, but in your heart or in the back of your head like you know it's not not right, you know what I mean? Uh and I think I think all of us at least have that ability, you know, and mm-hmm. and then people who we might consider evil are the people who can't see that what they're doing is evil. You know what I mean? A lot of times people don't uh true like psychopathic people or murderers or whatever like they might not even like know or care what they did was evil but you know like the rest of us that have a you know somewhat of a moral compass that's somewhat aligned we know when we see it we might not be able to describe it though yeah i think for some too you know uh yeah i forgot uh anybody else got anything to say about Uh, you i wanted to hop (laughs) in about the devil thing so that was just like a, a download that i got but if he is punishing you that is he's collecting the souls and he's not allowing them to do what they're supposed to do. So I think that is one in the same as, uh, 
what he was saying. And I think that also goes possibly, I don't know if reincarnation actually exists, but that would possibly be a thing that you would make someone reincarnate here and it would be a punishment because mm-hmm. we are supposed to be somewhere else. And so, you know, that I think that all kind of goes hand in hand. Yeah, I think that's yeah. interesting. The whole collection of souls, if if they haven't reached that higher vibration, then they get kept here because they and then mm-hmm. recycled and then given another attempt to raise their vibration. I kind of want to go to Wajid on this a little bit because Hang on, real quick, a lot of what Wajid talks about. Recycled, if they're recycled souls, does that explain past life regression for people who haven't ascended yet? I I think I'm going to pop in that because I did have a recent kind of thought on that too. I think when we look at the aspect of our soul journey through the cosmos, through these different planets as it heightens, that reincarnation on earth would only be because you haven't reached the proper vibration to ascend to the next level. So if you, that's why we're stuck in this loop and reincarnation happens on earth and any, any time that you haven't past the test it just keeps going and going and that's like the societal point of this societal devil keeping the vibrations low on purpose to basically i mean for whatever reason that's unknown but just my two cents on that before we go on what i'm realizing after everything that i've heard uh, you guys say and studied uh, whether we're looking at it theologically or metaphysically or even scientifically, like uh, the CIA did through their declassified document on uh, Project Gateway and how there are different dimensions and how we're kind of stuck here. I think everybody is kind of understand, understands and agrees that we're stuck here. And um, the point is to get out. And whatever the evil is, whatever the source of evil is, what, whatever perspective you look at it through, wants us stuck here and i think um it's probably because it will only exist if we perceive it so if we were to ascend and get out of whatever it is that we're in then we're no longer going to perceive this evil therefore it's just going to dissipate and not exist so it needs us to continually perceive it but only to a certain extent and this is where we get into the vibrational fields of shapeshifters because if we were to fully see and perceive what this evil thing is then it would scare us into ascension we would be like what this is what we've been doing to ourselves or this is what we've been allowing this thing to do to us all along so that's why it only it hides and it's shadowy because it doesn't want to be fully perceived but perceived enough to where it can exists because without our perception it will no longer exist it's like the movie they live you know you put on the glasses and you see the the evil lizard people all around you and you kind of got to fight your way to get out of it to escape you know that's a that's a good point you kind of blew my mind with that yeah uh roman roman and i read the nine freedoms uh for our intro for the wajid show that should be out within the next couple days uh and that was very en- enlightening to me. Uh, it really gave me a different picture of of what reincarnation and spirituality could be. And so uh, if Wajid, you could weigh in and, and maybe talk to us about that reincarnation process of, you know, raising your vibration to ascend, uh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, um, the, th- the thing, re- uh, I think reincarnation was actually... Um... I think I talked on the show that 
700 years ago, Christian scholars have come forward now based on their own research that reincarnation was actually taken out of the Christian religion uh, in order to put in that one life to live, uh, in order to control the masses. Um, so it's very important, uh, and also in Islam and Judaism and other religions, this one life to live is deliberately done, was done by the elders of the religions, not by the leaders, but to keep the masses under control. You know, that if uh, either you conform to what we say or you go to he hell uh, for eternity. And for me, there is no such thing as as uh, as, as a punishing God or, or, or that we're here to be punished. Uh, we we just have to understand the law of karma. The law of karma stays action and reaction is opposite and equal. So we just get exactly back what we put out. Now, um, reincarnation will also explain the so-called inequalities of this world. Why, why somebody's born, you know, with cancer at the age of two, or, or somebody can play the piano at the age of three, and why somebody's born rich, why somebody's born poor. Uh, there's no such thing as an innocent child. Uh, we come uh, with experiences from our past lives, and uh, we, you know, it, the, the eternal cycle is that we, we live on this realm, we learn, um, we, go f we go to these other realms, which we go based on our own vibrations. So, you know, if, if we have been a murderer or, or whatever, we, we, we go to the level of vibration that we belong to. It's no such thing as punishment. And then we learn on these realms and, and we come back. And I agree with, uh, with Eddie and, and uh, uh, Roman that, um, that, you know, our whole life cycle is based on raising our vibrations. It's not to be molded in the masses. Look at the rise of Hitler. It was very easy but for a few very, very powerful uh, beings to control the masses, to do mass murder. And so, you know, um, same with uh, fascism. Uh, you know, you look at all the dictators that have ruled around the world, They've hypnotized and molded the masses to to go against the law of karma, against the spiritual laws, and and create uh, bad karma for themselves um, by listening to these um, dictators. And and if you understand the law of karma, none of these dictators ever stayed in power. You know, look through history; they all fell. And so eventually, you know, we have to face uh, our own reality which is now and and accept the reality of our situation that we've created but um the bottom line is you know in the nine freedoms uh the master talks about that we didn't come here to suffer you know we have our own free will and um, some of the other guests have mentioned this need to rise uh to raise our consciousness to become act and follow spiritual laws which are laid out by teachers like Jesus and Buddha and Krishna and Patanjali and Lhotse and other great masters and not listen to the, to the dictators and the politicians and the, and those who control the economy. I think, I think we've reached a crossroads where we now need to go back to the basic spiritual laws. It's like what part of thou shall not kill don't, don't people understand? Uh, okay. Can I, can I uh, yeah. hop in? So when we talk about karma, uh, what, what's your take on the untouchables? Because I know that that's a big part of it that you can't even associate with somebody who was born in the most poorest conditions that you can't, 
associated with them because my God would have me help that person become yeah, a, a better it's, person. It's, so it's it's a disgusting uh, it's a disgusting uh, law that was created by the Hindu religion. It has got nothing to do with Hinduism at all. That you you know you you're born and untouchable, and you're not a Brahmin. You can't come near an untouchable. It's all BS because in the end, if you look at the bigger picture, and what we need to understand, especially in these days of the age of Aquarius, which is astrologically is pushing mankind to realize that we are not, uh, you know, different races or different religions. We're just here for different experiences, and we come back as you know, a man may come back as a woman or a Jew may come back as a Christian. It doesn't, you know, uh, it answers a lot of those things. And that's the archaic, uh, you know, thing of being an untouchable and you can't come near a Brahmin is, I think is appalling. Uh, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it's evil, uh, to, to, to look down at another person because guess what? Right. You look down at somebody who's a beggar or somebody who's blind, by the way, you may come back as a beggar or blind just not to punish you again, but to teach you that you don't do these things. They go against the law of of, of spirituality, of basic moral spirituality. Yes. So my take, yeah, I like I call it reaping as you sow uh, instead of karma, but I believe it's only in our lifetime that we experience it. And I believe that when we're children up until we have puberty. We have no real reaping and sowing going on, but we're reaping and sowing what our ancestors have done before. So the way that I've interacted with Seraphim is that they are the weavers of our DNA. And my decisions now are creating my ancestral DNA way ahead in the future. That that 99% junk DNA, quote unquote, junk DNA is being made up of my decisions and my mother's decisions and my daughter's decisions and my brother and my cousin and, and all of my family that shares my same DNA. We are weaving the DNA of the future with every decision we make now. So it's not that we're coming in, uh, to a lifetime based on things we did in a past lifetime but it's our ancestors made those decisions and now we are suffering the consequences which is what the elites why they uh they sacrifice their children because they put it all they make deals with the seraphim and they put uh they have the the two sacrificial uh lambs the the black sheep that they uh release to the wild and the one that they murder and uh, that's why they do that is because they put all of their bad karmic debt onto those two and every so uh, every uh, few generations they have to then do that in order to clear up the karmic debt how, how do you but, know that your soul is uh not or wasn't once one of your ancestors so what i i've gotten uh and i've really thought for a long time that reincarnation was a thing that but the more that i've come into my understanding with god is that god is uh, essentially a big cotton ball if we look at it that way our consciousness is a big cotton ball right and a piece gets plucked out and then gets put into a human body and then it grows from what whatever little tiny body it is it's growing as above so below it is not something it's not a full-grown thing that knows everything that comes down it is a little thing that is being growing with the physical body and this is what's happening uh when 
why we don't understand things. Say, I know for me, I I don't have any past lives. I've never had a past life. That was one thing I really searched in all my physical, or I'm sorry, in all my astral travels, all my uh, psychic communications. I never have incarnated before. And when I hear people say it, I'm like, okay, you know, maybe it was for them. And I'm not saying that it's not, but I don't, the way that I understand it is that this reality is this reality. And the, the lake of fire is a tear into the fabric of our reality. And they leave this reality to then go carnate somewhere else, become all the minerals, all the, the water, the, the plants, and then the animals experience everything on a dimensional level from beginning to end. Uh, on each dimensional level in a new reality each time it's just being blossomed because we're in a taurus field that's enclosed there's no you know there's not space uh we're in and there's a taurus field here and there's one next to it and one next to it and it's making a circle and that is a larger taurus field and then there's those ones next to each other next to each other next to each other and again it's a larger one above that and there's nine dimensions, uh, as far as what I've come across anyway, that, that do this on a repeated scale. And they're all simulations that are all roughly similar to the ones that are on your, your scale. So, uh, when we get into reincarnation, I don't think that you can reincarnate here. I just really don't think it's possible, but there is something to us being trapped here. So whether it's we're trapped in this galaxy of simulations, which I think is more likely, I think that could be uh, the answer. But in this one simulation, we I don't think we can do it again here. So I just got a question because I'm the big dumb. I don't really I'm trying to wrap my head around some of this. I think, well, first I'll say Wajid and Emmanuel, y'all both had great points. I thought there was a lot of parallels that I personally could connect to as far as um, you know, the ancestral kind of karma versus like your individual karma. I think a lot of that's true. You know, they say sins of the father, you know, you pay for that stuff. And I think that's true. And I also think karma true, like what you put out. So what you, what, uh, what you get back, you know, reap what you sow. But as far as the reincarnation for Emmanuel, what you were saying, you're not saying you reincarnate back here, but perhaps you just incarnate. Once you leave this reality, you just go somewhere else. It's not necessarily the same you wouldn't reincarnate back here on earth. You would just go somewhere else to something we don't understand. Is that what you're kind of saying? Right. So I'm saying, so I, if reincarnation is a thing, which I, again, I don't know that it is, but it would be that you go to the lake of fire, which is a rip in the fabric of reality. And you go through that. And then you have to go to the lowest possible density. And then you have to live out that density's, from beginning to end you have to live that out as the minerals and then once that ends then you go up to another earth essentially and then you're the plants and then you live that from beginning to end then the animals beginning to end then you get to become a human again to try to go up instead of doing it again so So it's like like you're saying you're you're kind of going up the food chain uh, through your soul, uh, your soul is incarnating into these different uh, 
aspects. He's, a- he's actually of the explaining planet. reincarnation. He's, a- he's actually <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, <laughs> right. It, so, it, but it's very different than just saying, you know, like I, I die as this human and then become another human again. You know, that's right. uh, when so you say reincarnation on the yeah, face it's of it. Not so it's, cut and dry. Yeah, it, it sounds like oh, I can just die and then yeah. I can come back from you know my great grandchild. Let's you know? let's ask that question then. What is when you so when you do reincarnate or what is, is there a difference between that a reincarnating again as another uh human sentient being or reincarnating as an ob, uh an animal or a plant or some part of the earth is there a a difference in in vocabulary is there some other type of word to use real quick as a beautiful transition and I, I let's get into that i just want to i want everyone to just have i just want to slap this on everyone real quick don't forget about our obsession and love and understanding and deep uh, ancestral understanding of the stars and what the astrological um, zodiac wheel has been interpreted by many, many, many cultures and how that can be a big play as to understanding what a lot of the things we're talking about now. Um, and I mean that in the sense of like, you know, the Ouroboro, the continuous, this thing. And, you know, we just had David Matheson on not too long ago to to talk more about astrotheology. And we talked about our travel through the Zodiac sign through a next level of uh, ascension um, to the Ophiuchus, to the higher state of consciousness. And kind of what you're explaining, Emmanuel, this toroid field, this Taurus that lives the celestial consciousness of our reality here. And then those nine dimensions outward, um, you know, could also be, I, I almost saw a vision of the Zodiac wheel as that, you know, as this, you know, and, and so I just want to let everyone know, you know, that's, that's the big part is um, something, you know, it's as, as above, so below, right. As above the star, so below. And then we have this obsession with um, understanding where our soul comes from and our, and, you know, our, our birth charter, or we come and we have these different qualities of these areas, these neighborhoods of the sky, these neighborhoods of the stars that hold this energetic meaning of sorts. And so that being tied into some sort of like collective consciousness that is different personalities, different traits, different past lives, different something, different information from these different areas in the cosmos that comes and ties down and to the centrifugal energy of our reality, which is earth right now, as we know it, you know? And, and so and that's just a thing, you know, yeah. we can't forget about the stars y'all. Okay. I want to say to all of that is, uh, I mean, shout out to everybody. Everybody's doing a great job for sure. I mean, I mean, you got my mind thinking and, um, Wanted to say, uh, go back real quick to what Emmanuel said about the goats real quick um, with the elite, how they sacrifice the goats to uh, relieve their karmic debt. Actually, something that's interesting with, to that point is uh, Yom Kippur, which is uh, one of the most, I think, one of the more important Jewish holidays is exactly about that. And it goes all the way back to like ancient Judaism and Yom Kippur is about atoning. It's the day of atonement. So atoning mm-hmm. for your sins. And the ancient version of that was taking two goats and one of them sacrificing it for the sins of uh, Israel. And the other goat, what they would do is they would run it off a cliff to signify the fallen angels. And they would say that this goat was uh, a goat for Azazel, who we know was the leader of the watchers or the fallen angels in the book of Enoch. 
So um, pretty interesting connection there with Yom Kippur and the ancient Israelites and uh, what you said the elite may or may not be doing with these goat or baby sacrifices. And um, so I just wanted to uh, drop that real quick, but also um, with the reincarnation, um, as Wajid said, I mean, uh, you were literally uh, explaining reincarnation. And I, I know I get what you're saying with the tourist fields, because um, that's uh, what the CIA document uh, explained our universe is. And in the Project Gateway document, they concluded um, through quantum physics and all kinds of stuff. When you read the document that, that our universe is shaped as a tourist field. So I get what you're saying that like we don't reincarnate here, but we might just go through a portal, per se, or the lake of fire, as you say, and incarnate through through uh, one of these other dimensions or one of these other universes or Taurus fields. And how you were saying that we um, start at the mineral level, the bottom level, and then work our way back up. That's pretty much what reincarnation teaches. And uh, I'm not an expert in reincarnation, but I have read um, AC's uh, work. I can never pronounce his last name, but he was one of the more famous swamis. Uh, AC, let me get his name real quick if you guys. Yeah, uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, the way that psychics present it is that, oh, you'll just die and you'll come back. You know, you can be your great grandchild or, or whatever. And that's to me when we talk about reincarnation in that way, like, no, there is an actual punishment that you have to uh, come back. You have to ascend back to this level. Yeah, when you were, when oh, I was, so yeah, I just wanted to finish that up real quick. Um, when I was younger, before I even looked at, you know, uh, into reincarnation or Hinduism, I used to think that 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 uh, reincarnation was just another belief system to explain life and death. And that they just believe that when you die, you may come back as a tree or you may come back as a cow. No, when I read um, the book Coming Back, The Science of Reincarnation by Swami A.C. Bhaktivedanta, um, who is one of the more famous swamis, he he taught me and teaches you through the book that no reincarnation is not a belief system; it's a, a, an explanation for for the soul's journey. And as you said, we do start off at the rock level or the mineral level, and at the plant level, and then the animal level, or it might be reversed. But either way, we start off at those lower levels. And then, if you are a human, you are privileged to have gone through those levels already, and this is your chance right now, as AC right. says, to ascend. And if you don't, then you're just going to get knocked right back down the ladder. So what he teaches is reincarnation. It's not a belief system that you should follow and that you should be happily reincarnating. It's right. actually something that you should be um, consciously trying to break mm. out of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, uh, coming back to these so-called sacri- barbaric sacrifices, I mean, the Aztecs, used to cut open, you know, the hearts of humans to appease their gods. Uh, again, all those are just, you know, basic black magic rituals um, because you can sacrifice a thousand goats and it's not going to fix your karma. Um, the only person that can, you know, again, these are rituals that were probably created by some probably evil elders of those particular religions um, because, you know, to, to make an animal suffer, and to sacrifice and make it unduly suffer, you're actually creating karma against yourself by, by performing those barbaric rituals. And so um, in the end, you know, at the bottom line, again, there's no such thing as punishment. Uh, we're not here to be punished. We're here to teach. We're here, we're here to learn lessons. Some of them are extremely painful. Some of them are extremely pleasant. And it's they say that sometimes pain is the, cornerstone of spiritual growth and so um you know in the end we are we 
when we die, we have to go before our own higher self and we have to answer to our own actions, uh, which, which again, they say that when, when you reincarnate, you pick your parents, you pick the exact uh, place you're going to be born. Uh, some certain things are kind of laid out astrologically for you. And again, um, you, you know, again, the responsibility uh, has to be uh, mine of what I do with my life, whether I regress or whether I, uh, I, I, I put it forward. And the, the, the question again is, you know, um, you know, Dr. King wrote a book called You're Responsible. You didn't say they are responsible. So we have to be responsible for our, our ourselves, the way we are right now at this point in our lives. And um, I agree with, again, with the other guests that it's important uh, that, that we, we go, go within, find out where, you know, our inner selves, raise our consciousness and help raise the consciousness of, of others. Um, and it, it's, it's not only a battle between good and evil, it's a battle between the lower self and the higher self. So there's like two battles going on at the same time. Yeah, and I wanted to touch on the astrology just real quick. Is the the way the planets are aligned is you know it depends. It gives us our different characteristics and all. We were just talking about that. Well, that's because they are the fallen angels who are locked in chains now, made to worship the sun. This you know they're worshiping the sun in their chains uh, as they are locked in orbit going around the sun, and they are our ancestors who were the fallen who. That's why we get certain characteristics at certain times because we're picking up on their DNA strands as it all lines up that way because the seraphim, again, are, are ma- wrapping their DNA strands to a certain point in space and time when we are born, and that's how we receive it all. Excellent. Uh, I think this is a fascinating conversation. Uh, I want to I have Steve or Kyle weigh in on uh, some of this reincarnation talk, and then uh, let's get into the next thing. Steve, you want to take it, man? So <clears throat> I thought about this uh, a little bit. And um, if I, I kind of I'm leaning a little bit with uh, with with Emmanuel on this one and that I'm not entirely sure that we get to reincarnate in this realm. I have. I have come to the the opinion um, that this is a simulated experience, that it probably does rub up against several other overlapping at times simulated experiences. Um, I used to have a joke, which I'm not even sure is a joke anymore. It is a true story, by the way. In 2016, uh, a, a weasel got stuck in the Large Hadron Collider and it forced a hard reset. So the joke was that hurled us into this, the dumbest of all possible timelines. If you take a look at what's happened globally since 2016, that's why every day it feels a little bit less like a joke and a little bit more like a punishment. But mm-hmm. um, it, notwithstanding, uh, I, do, I do think that this is a, a, a simulation of sorts that there's... Um, multiple other avenues or I guess experiences we can access, whether or not those are separate simulations, I'm not sure. 
but for the concept of reincarnation or for the purposes of the conversation, I'm, I, I do, I'm, I'm going to weigh in on the side uh, of Emmanuel here. I, I think that, that your reincarnation is an experience in a different simulated experience until you can figure out how to ascend out of it entirely. And I think punishment would kind of just be perception also, you know, because I went to prison. uh, It was a punishment for what I did, but it was also the cornerstone of what then awakened me because I wouldn't have prayed to God and I wouldn't be where I am. So, you know, it's all just kind of relative to our own perception when we use different words, you know. Yeah. And so I I took a few notes while y'all were all talking and, you know, they're kind of nonsense, but I'll try to make sense of what I can. And when you you talk about punishment and um, I like what Wajid said, it's not punishment, it's teaching, you know, and I think a good parent tries to instill that in their kids. Like, Hey, I'm not punishing you for the sake of punishment, like so that you feel bad, but it's to make you learn something. And I think that could be kind of the source of, um, you know, when, when things go bad in your life or you're in prison or, you know, you have a bad day, it's to, to kind of teach you something, you know, it's not necessarily to uh, make you hurt or be in pain. Uh, and then as far as the reincarnation goes up uh, earlier, you were talking about the, the Tauruses and, you know, kind of going back to level zero. And, you know, it's like in the old Mario games, you know, if you, you died, you didn't, there was no checkpoints. There's no point where you get to pick back up. You go all the way back to the very start. And those were always the worst, dude. Like, like, like on Galaga, for example, you know, you get really <laughs> far in Galaga, you're trying to get the high score and you run out of quarters and you got to go all the way back. And and that's kind of, you know, and put that work in to get back to where you were. But I agree with Eddie too, that it's about getting out of that. You don't want to, you don't want to keep going back to level zero. You know, you want to get to the highest level you can and get out of the game. You know, uh, you want to, you want to break the machine uh, in your, in, from your perspective. And I think Steve is right too, that I definitely see the simulation uh, aspect of it because <laughs> shit has been getting a little wild lately uh that's that damn weasel uh kind of you know sent us into multiple timelines um and then you know as far as uh, i don't know i i can see all your point you're all making fascinating points and it's kind of blowing my mind i wish i was stoned for this uh, i'd be able to tune in a little bit more but um you know and as far as uh you know the, the simulation and, and the timelines uh, one question i did have oh i had a couple questions what is a seraphim i, I want to know what that is and two, like if you do reincarnate, um, whether it's as a mineral or a plant or another human, uh, Wajid had mentioned, you know, about the stars and Emmanuel as well about the, you know, the planetary alignments, but is time a factor? Can you reincarnate in a time before, you know, can you go back mm. in time or in the future, you know, far in the future? Like, is there a, you know, our perception of space and time is limited, but is there is that part of it as well? Like if you, can you go back? Can you go back? I think that did happen with, uh, in the 1700s. And that's when the end of the world happened. According to the Bible, fire, uh, ended the world and, you know, the great reset, all the Tartaria type stuff. That's when that happened. A seraphim is a serpent, uh, serpent angel that you would best know as a Chinese dragon. That's what seraphim are. Okay, cool. Thanks for answering that. Mm -hmm. I think, Kyle, that we live in the now and um, we can't really alter the past in, in regards to reincarnation. I don't think we come back as plants or animals. Um, I think we come back as humans. The plant has its own kingdom. 
the animals have their own kingdom. Um, the difference between an animal and, and a human is not is not so much in in the characteristics, but uh, an animal says uh, doesn't have a self conscious. An animal can say it is hot. A human can say I am hot. So our self consciousness uh, puts us uh, in a level of, uh, above the animals. We become custodians of the animals. We don't. We look after them, but we are on a higher uh, a level of evolution uh, than, than, than the animals. Um, you know, existing in the now, which means it's past, present, and future is combined, is, is happening in the now. Um, I don't think we go back in time or go forward in time. Uh, we just stay in this time sequence, and ev- everything they say happens in the now. We actually reincarnate in the now we come back in in the now and so uh everything that's occurring is actually the reality which is which is now it's almost like all things happening at once exactly <laughs> i think that's a great way to look at it and as i said i wrote me missed it but I, th- I was saying all of you had points that i was writing down making me question things making me look at things and i think it's all entirely possible as someone who's not well versed on this topic there's definitely a lot to think about I was going to add, um, is, is the reincarnation process, it seems very much like the evolutionary process of, uh, of like, uh, eel to a frog from frog to, uh, other higher animal and then up, up, up into a, a human. Uh, it seems like it's almost like an evolutionary process too. Uh, I know a lot of people maybe don't believe in evolution, but, um, but it seems very similar to that. Anybody have some thoughts on that? Well, I mean, people talk about ascension. Um, uh, ascension, you know, puts us way above the human race. We become virtual gods. We become interplanetary beings. And so, yeah, I, I think it's all part of evolution. I think um, the, the the evolutionary cycle is designed for us to to completely evolve and, and go back to that mysterious divine principle from when we all came back from. So the, the difference between say an ascended man and a person who doesn't even know about enlightenment or just, has, or just a basic man is could be, could be tens of thousands of lives in a difference. So an evolved, an evolved being could be many, many lives ahead of somebody who's, who hasn't even got to the, to the idea, thought of the idea that he needs to evolve and because you know that's his heritage as he's part of the human race yeah and i think that it's not evolution uh, in that you know a blade of grass will become a grasshopper or a, a you know yeah. a grass but it is in the same sense yeah so that's where we have the uh the missing link so to speak you know from from one uh, dimension to another dimension is there's always a missing link and that's i don't know what that would be necessarily but it's so it's not evolution in the same way that you're the same piece of consciousness that is just growing from this thing to that thing to that thing but you're kind of hopping into other things as you go uh, maybe different simulations or or your consciousness just rises up out of the dimension that you're on and rises into the next one because i i kind of think that Maybe that our consciousness does just go up like collectively is that it kind of just 
goes up and that the animals would just become the humans, but only the consciousness. It's not that they physically turn into humans, but, you know, some kind of thing like that. I I play with that idea. What kind of Mickey Mouse world is that? <laughs> what, what's the world? <laughs> I'm, it's a joke because... Uh, because animated animals that's i'm just saying. oh yeah it's a joke, no, it's a joke. No, i've been watching stuff on time loops <laughs> and mandela effects the last few days and man I, maybe that we could ex, we could travel through simulations like uh, kyle was just saying could you go through different time periods and i think with the reset stuff i i think that we might have been reset to the 1800s several times now and mm. is that because we're they're blasting holes with nuclear uh, activity blasting holes through simulations and taking us to other simulations because when you look at what happened in the world's fairs everyone was wandering around in a stupor right they didn't know what was going on and now th- this is what's happening with the metaverse everyone's going to go mm. in there in a stupor and they're going to be so enticed by everything you know it's kind of the same thing I, I don't think we can uh I take back as far as going back in time, but we can regress back. We can uh, involve ourselves because at one time we were highly evolved scientifically and, and spiritually than we are now. Um, well, maybe not back in time, just to another simulation that was in that time period, you know, cause they're all roughly the same. So if you could, if they were all connected to each other, then you could like bust down the wall and, and get in there somehow. Yeah, I don't know how it would work. Well, if quantum physics teaches us anything, you know, and some of the more metaphysical aspects of quantum physics is that time is not chronological to begin right. with. You know, everything's happening um, right now. The past is still going on right now. And, and um, when we like start to understand that quantum physically through scientific apparatuses, which could be a possibility one day, then Absolutely. we start to... We start to see that going into the past or reincarnating or being sent to the past is actually very possible because not just not physically, because um, we are just consciousness. We are just light. And I think if psychedelics teach us anything, the biggest joke is that for us to think that we are anything physical, a, a rock, a plant, an animal or a human, that's the biggest joke. We're none of that. We're consciousness. So going back or forward or to that universe or to this simulation it's not a stretch at all when we start to realize what we really are. Hmm. Have you Very seen well uh, the 12 Monkeys series? Oh, God, with movie shit again. No. I'm sorry. That's just like they go into the deep <laughs> quantum physics of time travel, and it's it's a really great show. I love it. I know. I'm sorry. Well, hey, have we talked about the, uh, the uh, uh, opposing of reincarnation to ascension and 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 that? Um, you know, not necessarily being stuck in a time loop, but the actual ascension part. What about not being stuck here and being able to go further and extend outside of reincarnation, the up and not so much the Ouroboros continuous regurgitation of, you know, recyclement. So like, how do we do it? Is that what you're? Well, you know, okay. So um, Wajid, you uh, studied with, um, George King. Uh, uh, George King and his belief is that, um, and his understanding is that Lumeria and Atlantis were destroyed. Um, but a vision I had always had of, um, in ancient cultures that were, you know, very in tune with the higher spiritual, 
you know, realm and, and to always basically ascend. That was the major goal was to ascend. And so I had always just this thought in my, my head as a child. And, uh, you know, I mean, still like that they had actually reached their goals and they just actually had ascended and they built what they needed to build and they got taught the lessons they were needed to get taught and learn and everything. And they had actually uniformly ascended and that's why they left, you know, their ruins kind of like the people of uh, Chaco Canyon. I think it's Chaco Canyon where they all, they all like collectively just left the planet. So is that what you're trying to say? Like maybe it's like we, the Mayans too. I don't know if that's what Romy was saying, but like the Mayans, they just like disappeared. You know, they just disappeared as a as a uh, culture, and so did the Aztecs. They just upped and vanished. Yeah, there's uh-huh. remnants both uh, with. Hey, uh, hey, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's <laughs> yes, remnants, um, uh, genetic, uh, you know, pass uh, passing on, but you know, like the, the Europeans showed up one day and then they left for like five minutes and they came back and, and they're all gone. That's an exaggeration, but that kind yeah. of part of that. Yeah. It's a very, very hard story to uncover with the Conquistadorian yeah. takeover, destroying basically anything though. they could destroy. So that's one of the most juicy areas of interest for me is to like the real, uh, you know, the, that like that whole it's so crazy i i'm well, gonna shut the, up and that's the real there. interesting thing is that the white people invaded everything you know <laughs> uh it, honestly it's the the white people are the ones who everywhere at the same time period uh the europeans they went and invaded everywhere and conquered everywhere and now you know the spanish yeah. language is from white people but it's we tend to think that it's uh latin or or tan people, but it's, you know, it's uh, not that uh, and they were given that. And it's so messed up the way that everything has worked out and that we don't know what the actual true history is because of what has occurred. It's because we're vodka and we mix well with everything, man. Well, I think there's two different types of white people. <laughs> I think there was ones that were here and then the ones that were, that broke in. It's a joke. It's a joke. I'm joking. Well, there's, there's that, um, there's, uh, you know, that the story with that follows like box saga and some other human origin stories mm-hmm. that there was a cataclysm that, um, pushed people of the north into an ice, um, ice capture wall. And that basically heightened their, um, their complexion, their eyes, their hair, and then their technology that they had held on to. And then but- they came down as the ice melted and, and, seeded the rest of societies um through you know which is interesting and that was they were white giants right let's kind of get into the de-evolution of humanity because as you can see from ancient times it seems like we were more capable of higher understandings and from that we've descended into what we are now is there any explanations spiritually of of why that would happen out of curiosity Before that happens is there any proof that societies were that spiritually enlightened or just a very limited class of mystics yeah was that enlightened because that would kind of alter the course of the conversation going forward a little bit right yeah that's yeah, and that's that'd be similar to what's going on today, and the way that society would be tried to be held by the uh, you know quote unquote elites of today. If the they capture class, yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah, absolutely, it could be. You know, 
Well, I think on the collective, yeah, we were definitely much higher at one time than we are now. And again, it's our own misuse of our free will, uh, creating our own negative karma that has got us to the place we have. But can I, but can I ask what that's based on? I'm sorry, that'll be to interrupt. I just like if there's a reference point for it or something, I'd love to be pointed towards it. Uh, yeah, you could read the nine freedoms that my master wrote in regards to, uh, you know, the way the, the, the position that we have received, uh, that we are at the point right now, uh, based on, um, his own, uh, higher meditative experiences that he had where he could read the true history of this planet. I have a, a little understanding of how it could be is because simple math uh if we went back a thousand years uh we would have a billion relatives living at the same time each and the world population is said to be 300 million at that time so simple math doesn't work in that how many people we have now versus you know there's some gap of people just up and disappeared because of Math. I would say wars, killing. I yeah, but there was supposed to be more people. Must be a bit. So if okay, if you were to go back, if you'd Plagues, go every thirty years, COVID. there's a new generation of children born. But it's actually more like every twenty years. But if you do every thirty years, each of us has two parents, right? And then our parents each have two parents and, and so on and so forth. So if you keep multiplying, if you go do that to a thousand years, we would each have 1 billion, approximately 1 billion relatives who were living at the same time. And now my relatives aren't necessarily your relatives. So uh, at least 1 billion people would have had to exist 1000 years ago for me to be here all at the same time. They'd all have to be That's there. That's not how that, that works. Because when you start out with there's common ancestry. Yeah, but I'm not talking about that. But I'm just my parents would have to have two parents and then each of my parents would have to have two parents. So even if you're going to say that somehow along the line, parents were had their grandparents and their parents had their grandchildren or whatever. If you're going to say that they were mixing somehow, there would have to be more people on earth than there were on earth at that time what, what yeah, can't, just why can't two parents just have like 20 children That's what we're not talking say. about 20 children so it's so well, it could be how do you account but for we're like saying siblings. every 30 years it's well, it doesn't matter about siblings we're not talking about other people i'm just talking about my line that i yeah. would have 1 billion relatives approximately living at the same time from 1000 years ago. I mean just the just the US invasion of Iraq has created multiple millions of dead bodies. Just just in that one isolated that currently right now in, in this moment ongoing is the longest humanit- man-made humanitarian crisis in Yemen. It was the famine that has been going on for what seven and a, eight and a half years now. Like I mean, stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of bodies are created daily uh, across every corner of the globe. It, whether or not the, it's a, a, a man-made thing or a natural thing, I'm sure comes into play. But I mean, there's significant evidence for periods of mass global depopulation all throughout 
recorded history, whether or not you want to you choose to believe the author of it is one thing or another. But I mean, we've got, you know, fairly reliable first person accounts of like multiple mass depopulation events and wars, famines, plagues, significant things like that. Right. But I was just uh, answering a question. Is there any evidence to uh, an entire population just disappearing? And that's yeah. Yeah, I was a little confused there from disappearing from ascension, uh, from reaching a higher consciousness and bloop bleeping out into the newer vibration. Uh, This is the Mayans, right? What what about um, this like old uh, belief that I've heard a few times of reincarnation, not to, you know, jump back too far, but to kind of tie into what Emmanuel is saying a little bit on that is it, there's this other uh, school of thought that, you know, um, there's a, you know, the collective of souls up, you know, just upon uh, right outside of the atmosphere and, you know, got, they have like the, <laughs> the glass that they look in, they know all the happenings here. They know all the souls and the spirits that belong to the Akashic or the collective consciousness out here. And they're waiting to enter at a time and a place that is according to the story in which that soul is, you know, ready to take. Like people say um, in that school of thought that you're able to choose your parents and you get to actually go into this um, to, you know, and so with that kind of like thinking about like all of these ancient relatives and ancestors that we have and the amount of death and the amount of all of that incurring, what do you guys think about the potential of, uh, I mean, I think we already covered a lot of that too with the reincarnation talk, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, pulled up a calculator. So I'll show you guys what I'm talking about because it's easier to see than me to explain it. So according to mainstream, uh, history, we have a new generation every 25 years, but if we take it even further back, we'll say 30 years, we have a new generation, right? So we'll do one, one person may times two. Uh, okay. And now every time I hit equals, it's going to multiply this by two. So we'll do that's one, that's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, yeah, eighteen, nineteen, die. twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty. So this would be how many people would be on planet earth yeah at no, one it's time not the it's not that the what's math the number is wrong it's, it's the, the 1 billion 73 million 741,824 so so we'll do okay so i hit it 30 times right and we did we were doing every 30 generations hey, so man, 30 this times crazy. 30 that's 900 years <laughs> so 900 years ago there would have been almost 2 billion or over 1 billion people in order to have me here now Scattered across how many square miles over oh. the planet? Ah, that, that doesn't matter. I mean, that's just I want Neil deGrasse Tyson to answer this, man. This is freaking me out. <laughs> I, yeah, so, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. That's why. Over, over my head. billion people <laughs> in China right now, right? Or there's a billion one, people 1. in China 7. right now. A billion people in China. There's yeah. 7 billion people on the planet going to 7.6 billion people on the planet 900 years ago. I I mean it's plausible. I don't know the math works. I don't know. It's the I, math. I'm not, I'm what about 900 years from now? I'm arguing the equation. Yeah, like, if I'm you arguing were doing the supposition same thing. behind it. 
there would be a billion more people. But the only thing is it's because there the world population 900 years ago was 300 million. That's, you know, that's the, it doesn't really matter about what we're saying, how many people across how many square miles it's, the numbers I mean, yeah, obviously does, don't match up. Look, they talk about, you know, up until the 1800s, there were all kinds of people that they did talk about the global population being 300 million. What part of it are they kind of based on what are they like? Would they take check in the census records in Africa from 900 years ago? Are they fucking? Are they going I don't have any Amazon African in my history. A baby count? So, like, uh, I mean, seriously, like, I don't. I, I'm just asking questions because I don't know, man. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know either. I'm just giving. I would the say, math. Uh, does do you have to calculate for a death rate though? To uh, right, no, because I mean, it would just be your parents and your grandparents and but your, your parents die. Your parents die each. Yeah, but yeah, every but, seventy-five years. So but we're not counting our parents in any of that these. number. We're just counting nine hundred years ago. There would have been that many people. I think we're distracting from this topic. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Uh, let's get on to the next thing then, and because we started with the evil, and we then we worked our way into reincarnation. Uh, so let's work our way into uh, good and God and what that means to everybody perspectively and and again everybody has different opinions so be mindful of those opinions and uh, we'll start with esoteric eddie all right all right so good um i do believe that humans are also inherently good and um it's evident in really funny weird ways you know like for example you know uber Right. Like we we trust strangers to take us home when we're drunk or whatever, you know, and and so there's obviously we're obviously good because we're getting along is what I'm saying. You know, we're inherently good because everybody wants to be. We all want to live good lives, healthy lives. But then it's that evil part of us or the evil part of the world that comes in and messes that up in certain instances or the inherent evil that goes all the way back to our spiritual um, journey. So I, I do I do believe in, in humanity. I have high hopes for humanity. And I know me personally that I have, you know, evil aspects of myself, you know, bad aspect, aspects of myself, bad habits. And um, but I try not to let those get in the way. And I try to let my personal good override that any chance that I get. I like to help people. I like to be helpful and supportive. Um, So I'm rooting for humanity. You know, I'm rooting for humanity and and for people to stand up and and, uh, take care of their individual responsibility in their lives. And I'm starting with myself, you know, done a lot of uh, been through a lot of crazy things, done a lot of bad things, things I'm not proud of, but I'm trying to incarnate and reincarnate as I get older into a different person. And I kind of want to go back to the uh, reincarnation thing real quick. Something very cool and fascinating that AC brought to my attention through his book coming back was that we need to realize that we reincarnate in our lives here because um, just even scientifically speaking, our body regenerates every so uh, uh, many years, you know, all of our cells. Yeah. Every seven years, all of our cells die. And we, so we reincarnate. We're not the same baby we were. And we're not going to be the same 20 world, 20 year old we were when we're older, you know, or, or whatever. So um, I think if we consciously take that into consideration that we are continually growing and try to uh, narrate or move or guide that growth towards positivity and towards goodness, then we can ascend and we can help other people ascend. But it starts with the individual. 
Now, as far as God, uh, loaded question, um, mm-hmm. coming from, from my background as a, I like to say, esoteric historian, um, of course, God is a convoluted word, convoluted concept. I grew up in a Christian and Catholic home. So um, in my heart, you know, I kind of uh, have that default, that Christian default. Um, but I've kind of grown past that and uh, adopted other aspects from other religions or other beliefs. But at the same time, I've kind of tried to meditate and get rid of all of that, erase all of it, erase everything that humans tell me about God and simply tune in to what I feel and what I see. And to me, I like the uh, Rig Vedic um, chant, the Nasadiya Sukta, which is uh, the chant about creation. I like it's, it's something that I recently got into, and, and I think it's really cool because it's uh it's being just straight up vulnerable and honest and it says in the chant that nobody knows you know and even the creator if there is one he or it might not even know where it came from so i'm gonna i mean i could speculate all day you know um historically what different religions and different civilizations say about god but what i think inherently in my heart it just transcends everything and that creator and that consciousness does exude love and righteousness on a level that we can't comprehend. And um, one th- last thing, and I'll finish, is I always like the idea. I think it comes from the Egyptian um, uh, beliefs is that when you pray, we shouldn't be praying out of scarcity. We should only pray um, for out of uh, thankfulness. So whatever God is, the creator, as I like to personally call it, I uh I like to just pray in thankfulness and gratitude, you know. Uh and and uh I'll end it there. Beautiful, man. Uh let's Very go beautiful. let's jump to Steve. So I I did I did have that uh you know to church experience growing up and whatnot. And what I I've come to determine I guess, uh, is that I am unqualified to tell (laughs) anybody else what spirituality is for them, what spirituality ought to look like in a manifestation for them. I can encourage people to do what they perceive to be good in the world. I can try to lead by example for what I feel that to be for my children or the people that watch the show, the people that I interact with in my life. I what what I think that we can do is at least try to approach an equal exchange of energy that is is positive. You know, uh, that that comes from a a genuine place uh, of love, a genuine place of understanding, and with a a mind or an eye or both um, towards that ascension that we've been talking about. Um, yeah, I think that no matter what your spirituality is or or what your take on magic is, that. Prayer is intent, focused, and your own personal direct energy weapon. If you, you know, um, and I'll leave it there. Thanks, by the way. Excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. Let's uh, let's jump to Kyle. 
Well, I was trying to find a quote. Um, I can't remember who it was you by. Want a second? No, you're good. You're. I'll just. I'll just say it, and I'll give. You know, screw credit. I'm the big dumb. I don't have to give credit. Um, <laughs> but I, I took a, a mysticism class in college, and uh, one of the the mystics we studied, I believe he was um, a Sufi or or a Christian um, a philosopher. I, I don't remember who, but basically he said that you know if God is in everything and God is everything, then I am God. And he was, I think he was burned at the stake for that, uh, whatever, uh, whatever time period it was in. But, um, and I think, I think that's really true. What he said, you know, if, if, uh, if there is God and it's, uh, a creative being and creative entity and we're made in his image, then, uh, then God is in us and God is, uh, we are God. Um, not necessarily that to say that we're as powerful or as, um, you know, uh, divine, but I think there's a part of that in all of us. Um, I think that uh, we're able to tap into that, uh, whether it be through prayer or um, a relationship with Christ or, um, you know, lots of DMT, uh, whatever it takes, you know, on your for you as an individual. I think there's uh, just the fact that we can create and the fact that we can um, destroy the fact that we can do all these things kind of puts that divine spark in us. And so. Like Steve said, I'm not one. I can't say who God or what God is. Um, I think it's a very personal, personal thing, and it's something I've struggled with for a very long time. Uh, like Steve, I, you know, I was saved at one point, and I um, was all about the the, the church thing. And um, I think my biggest problem with it was uh, was the church itself, not necessarily the the things I was I was teaching or the experiences I was having on a spiritual level. Um, and as far as what is good is, um, I think it's, uh, you know, puppies and rainbows and sunshine on a cloudy day. I think that's, uh, <laughs> I think it can be the little things. I also think it can be the big things, you know, I think good is, um, something that makes in, you smile. Yeah. It's inherent in all of us. It can be, it can be anything good. Good can be a hundred dollar bill. Good can be a, a, a pretty woman. Uh, good can also be, you know, helping someone on the street. I think there's, um, it's one of those subjective things, kind of what we talked about at the beginning that it's, it's all about kind of how you see things, but good is, um, you know, when you see it, you know, and you feel it too. Um, and, and if you do good things for, uh, for the sake of doing it, then there's that bit of evil in that, you know what I mean? Like, man, I'm going to give this guy a $20 bill while my girlfriend's in the car with me. So maybe she'll give me a blow job or something like that is not, there's a, that's kind of not good. You know what I mean? Um, it, but that's, I'm just a, just a bad example, but sounds like uh, you just paid 20 bucks for a blow job is what it sounds like. It's how, you, it's how I avoid Through the good deeds. It's, it's avoiding prostitution. It's all it is. It's just it's like the Nietzsche around. thing where like everything's a selfish act. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, and um, I, it, the good point when I was looking up who this guy was, Nietzsche popped up. I don't think he was. Him, but, um, yeah. And so I think it's hard to, hard to say. And I, I think it goes back to kind of karma, you know, like you can do or reaping what you sow to hit both sides of it. I think it's about um, trying to make the most good um, despite the evil that's in the world, you know? Um, so whatever that is to you is kind of up to you, but you know, if you think you're doing good and everyone around you is telling you you're being a dickhead, you're probably not doing good. You know what I mean? Uh, so, uh, but, and yeah, thank you for, uh, for, uh, letting us talk about this tonight. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I want, I want to kind of jump in right here, uh, myself. Uh, Emmanuel was talking earlier about like God being a big old ball of cotton and take, 
taking a little piece of that and putting it into each one of us is, is kind of because when you were talking right there, it kind of made me have that image also. And that's kind of also the, the, the story of Osiris in a way. And uh, we talk about this before with like Enki and how he's able to manifest his consciousness into different parts or different aspects. And we are all, uh, God is one consciousness experiencing all these different realities together at one time. And, and, and we're all part of that initial being. So I guess to me, God would be uh, that we're all part of that one, one source. And now we're all acting out these different realities uh, through God for God. Uh, but God, like the source, not in a, in a human perspective kind of way. Um, and then good, good to me is, you know, kind of like what Kyle said, puppy dogs and everything that makes you have if it makes you happy if it makes you feel good if it makes you like feel like your vibration got raised like inherently you feel that that positive energy within you and you know that you just did good for somebody or for yourself or for whatever action you're what you were doing uh so so yeah so when you do good out of like to progress uh in some other type of way as like uh what what do they call that uh uh forget the name of it but uh yeah when it's kind of like when you know famous people uh uh just uh i don't know uh when when they like post stuff on their instagram of like helping out some people uh like giving homeless people food like look at me and being like, performative yeah yeah. Or like, even just donating millions of dollars to charity, not because you give a shit, but because you get a hella tax write off. Or because yeah. you want to put your name on it and let everybody know. It's not it's not about that type of giving. It's about the charitable benefit without getting the knowledge or the acceptance of, of having everybody else know it's because it's more genuine. You're just giving that that happiness to somebody else. Uh just for happiness Doing good for the sake of good yeah he for happiness that's what i was gonna say for happiness sake uh so yeah I, I i would go with that um and then uh i'll i'll toss it over to emmanuel all right so to me all right so before jesus was uh hung on the cross someone said he's good and he said why why do you think i'm good only the father's good so okay there's a thing there right where jesus to me is god i've experienced him in many ways as god he's actually saved my life in this very dramatic way where i've actually had demons chased out of me on multiple occasions only using the name of jesus christ i've experienced the abduction phenomena my entire life and it was only after i was saved by jesus christ did it stop and there's this thing where Jesus Christ is the only name that can stop those types of things. Now, maybe other names have stopped it. I, I don't know. And I, I know for me, I wasn't born uh, and raised in the church. I went to Sunday school every so often for a few years of my life. Didn't know anything about it. And then I started experiencing all these psychedelic things, all these astral world things of the, the biblical nature. And I had no idea the Bible 
you know, I didn't know it was in there. The beast with seven heads and 10 horns. I literally went up against it and I laughed in its face. And then I find out that that's in the book of Revelation. And, you know, when you find out something like that after you experience it, it gives it a whole new meaning. Like, I don't go to church. The first time I ever went to church was uh, this past Christmas Eve, actually. So when I I come from this, I don't really get along with pastors and uh like we were talking before the show, evangelicals, because I understand the the psychic realms, the astral realms. I understand other cultures and I am very, you know, I don't hold anyone to the standard that you have to use a certain name. That's not my thing. It's not a certain name. It's a certain understanding that's within you. The father of all lies is the tongue. You know, it doesn't matter what you say. It's what your actions dictate. And we live in this world where we do things for certain reasons. Well, when we're doing things for the sake of our God, because our God thinks, or or I'm sorry, because we think that what we're doing is going to benefit us, then that's, that's not doing good for the sake of good. But when we're doing good for the sake of our God, because that's what our God wants us to do, because that's what our God created us to do, was to do good, to help others. Well, then that's a whole nother thing. And that's where we get in the Bible, it says your works are like dirty rags. It, it means nothing if you're doing it for the sake of yourself. But your works also in Revelation says your works follow you when you go to heaven and you're judged upon that. So there's a lot of conflicting things going on here. But the whole point of this is that we we are here, right, to do certain things, and that is to appease our Creator. And Proverbs three five says that you I can't understand I can't rely on my own understandings for why any one of you know and judge God and or not judge but understand God the way you do. I have to give it up to my God because I just trust my God has a bigger plan than I could ever imagine. So I toss it up to him and I'm like, look, I'm saved this way, you know, and other people can be saved. I don't know how it works, you know, obviously, but other people have their own thing going on. Is there deception out there? Of course there is. Is, does that mean that everyone that doesn't claim the name of Jesus Christ isn't going to go to heaven? Uh, Of course not. Uh, so there are, I'm at this place where I'm trying to figure everything out for myself. And like Steve said, you know, we don't have the answer to tell other people what to think and do and believe. But I know from my experience, what I have experienced is that Jesus Christ is the creator and Jesus Christ created Adam and Eve because the other creations he created, created creations that were here before Adam and Eve. And they messed up big time and they made slave races and they enslaved their creation. Whereas Jesus then created Adam and Eve in order to get all of us to have the shared DNA so that he could free us all from enslavement. And when he is said to be the only way, that's because he is every way. So uh, no matter how you're saved, it's always through him. And that's why he's the only way. But when we look at it from uh, one point of view, a hive mind viewpoint, then we can't imagine that there's anything else than what we think. And we don't want nobody here and nobody listening to this wants to have a hive mind. 
you know, we have a full spectrum. We want to have differences. I, I say it a lot that I love the differences. I bring people on that disagree in order to expand my understandings of things. I don't want to be in an echo chamber. So the last thing that I'll say is, do we find solidarity in our differences or do we find division within our similarities? Wow. Yeah, man. Nice. Well said. Uh, I do just want to say real quick, because something he said really spoke to me about the, you know, different ways um, to, to ascend or to, uh, you know, do good. That was my big problem with the church is that, you know, it had to be one way. And I'm like, you can't just discount all these other points of views, all these other cultures and religions, because to them, they're saying the same thing about us. Like, so I, real quick, I just wanted to say that I agree well, wholeheartedly Jesus or God or salvation or whatever it is good is on your own terms. Uh, Roman. Um, I'm rocking these slippers, bare feet <laughs> slippers. Okay. Gonna I used to have them know. when I was a kid. Oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. I'm actually going to take them to a seamstress and then Don't have go them walking go through wool. the forest. <laughs> you know, Pretty I do. Anywho. Um, uh, yes. I mean, wow. Uh, <clears throat> it is an incredibly fully loaded question. I think everybody's going to interpret it in the way in which we do. Um, for me, I come in and out of consciousness a lot, um, throughout the day. And, um, I, I really do find myself weaving in and out of like what's happening now presently and then going inside my mind and, and almost autopilot, um, throughout the day. It's crazy. Like, I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to, f to figure it out. Um, and so, uh, uh, what I what I break that down to is that there's so much going on inside our consciousness and inside our imagination, inside our creativity and outside us that connects the inside of our consciousness to the outside. And, you know, I've, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like I've been blessed. I've been lucky to have an uh, an expansive uh, imagination that allows me to escape um, and detach from a lot of the like current happenings um, around me. And that connects me to what I consider to be this energetic source of goodness. And um, I'm incredibly spiritual, but I haven't been religious in a very long time. Um, but I've always been very spiritual. Even when I went to um, the church situations when I was younger, I would feel... Um, surges of energy through my midline and I would raise my hands and I would be like, wow, I'm really feeling the vibes. And, um, uh, but you know, I, I really break it down to, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a cotton ball that is being pulled off. Like, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, if it's a unanimous source, I, um, I, I, but I do, uh, feel that it is, um, our consciousness and our mind is the, the gateway to everything that is God and everything that is connecting everything together. And it's like, I, I experience that when I go into my mind and that's when I feel good. We talk about what is good. Good is every time I go inside and every time I close my eyes and breathe and be and exist in the moment within myself and not in the current situation, unless we're doing it all together and unanimously, tr unanimously trying to, um, 
cohesively bring our energies together, but that's when I feel God and when I feel good um, is when I get to go inside the consciousness and experience that. And so there's something to that. I'm obviously, we are all obviously learning constantly and all the time. Um, and there's a connection to these minerals, to the different states of matter, um, whether they be states of matter of water, states of matter of our consciousness or states of matter of our body throughout its journey. Um, there, there's an expounding amount of understanding to be had. And that's why we're all obsessed with information and language and communication and feeling and doing and being and giving and receiving um, on all sorts of the spectrum. And it's so massive and it's so beautiful. Um, it's like that, you know, when the sun rises over and, uh, you know, in the morning and that the sun comes and, and permeates the light, it's a lot of information to intake. You're, you're absorbing it. Uh, you may not be understanding it, but you're absorbing it and you're being engulfed in it and, you know, close your eyes and let, let that warmth of being just be and tap into that, um, energetic God source and the mind, baby. Thanks, Roman. Uh, yeah. Wajid, you're up next. Yeah, I heard some really good stuff tonight. We may have differences in ideologies, but they 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 just they're just differences. And you know, the common thread we all that I've listened to is you know uh, is the call of action, which is to do good. You know, to be decent human beings. And people mention service. People mention prayer. I think those are the essential aspects regardless of race, color, creed, or religion, regardless if you believe in a divine principle, you can even be an atheist. Uh, I think there's, I think that we've regressed to the point where we've misused our energies. You know, I think thoughts are real. And so we've created not only pollution on this planet, but pollution in the, in the mind belt of earth uh, with all this hatred and suffering. And I think, uh, for us on a collective on we're all metaphysically connected we're all we're all each other uh, whether we whether we like it or not some don't like it but we are all connected we're just i'm just as connected to the aborigine as i am to the uh you know to to the chinese to to the russian and so um on the collective people mention prayer i think prayer i think it's the it's probably the only calling that's going to uh, save us in these days because everything else has been tried the the wars and the economics and the pollution and the the religions and all this stuff have just caused more and more chaos and more more disruption uh on, on for the whole human race and so i think right now the calling is to send out the light you know just bring down the light from whatever principle that you believe in, it can be Jesus, it can be anybody that you believe in, and just send out the light. Uh, like, uh, you know, Romans said, you know, we're, we're embraced every day by the emanations of the sun, which are uplifting and healing. You know, we can send that energy out and uplift and heal, you know, every person, every animal, every plant. And I, I think it's our moral duty to do that for our younger generations, our sons, our daughters and nephews to leave a planet um, that, that, that they can live on. And so I think um, I think the common good uh, has has to come uh, on a collective and, and that we and, and that we 
do change in the light of, you know, somebody, a great master once said that the greatest sin on this planet is ignorance because people just not ignorant, people just ignorant of things that they do that cause a lot of problems and suffering. So if we enlighten ourselves, if we learn more about who we are, if we go within and if we send out the power, um, you know, I think Steve mentioned that, you know, only a few on this planet have really reached those levels. Um, it's only been a minority of, you know, saints who've, re- who've, who've, who've reached that kind of enlightenment stage. And so it's our heritage that we do that. And I think the greatest way that we can do that today is service and sending out the power and the light. I think the word religion is interesting. I think it's more means tradition more than a, uh more than anything spiritual you know that's how i take it because you can do i can wash my clothes religiously you know so the way that that term is used i think it's kind of more just tradition that and that's why that it causes so much friction because people want to change and other people want to stay the same and and there that's where we get this idea of battling each other uh yeah i agree um I want to finish it out here, though, guys. Uh, so I'm going to go around, let everybody have a final word, final thought, uh, plug whatever you have, uh, tell people where they can find you, and then we'll finish it off. Uh, let's uh, let's go in reverse order, though, and we'll start with Emmanuel. All right. Yeah. So you guys can find my podcast. You can see it right behind me here. Godcast the Goodness Over Darkness podcast. I'm on all the audio platforms. And you can find my YouTube channel, Goodness Over Darkness. I do extra stuff on the YouTube channel, like the second destruction of the world, according to the Bible, being destroyed by fire. I have a series on that. I break down the book of Enoch as well. I have a three-part series on that. Um, and you can hit me up on my website, emmanuelkingman.com. I actually just revamped it to uh, be a little more accurate of what I'm doing with my energy work and mentorship programs. So you guys can uh, go check all that out and read the article. WTF is a Tartarian. I still uh, am trying to push that to everybody <laughs> to read. If you haven't, it's a it's a good read. And I think that's what every other conspiracy theory comes off of uh, to cover up that time period. Hmm. I still haven't read right. that, sir. I'm going to check that Wajid. out. Uh, guys can just go to my website, Wajid Author, W A J I D A U T H O R dot com. And uh, has uh, all all my information in there. Got any any final thoughts, Wajid? Um, my final thoughts was, like I said, is I think that um, I think there is a spiritual awakening. I think some of these bonds of evil are, are, are being broken right now. I think inspiration is flowing for, to planet Earth right now, and the call of action again is send out the light. I belong to a group of people from 30 to 40 different countries. We send out the light every day. So if people don't know how to do that, how to practically send out this real energy, you know, from the sun, pranic energy, uh, they can go to uh, 12 blessings, the number 12 being numerical blessings.org and join us. It's free and uh, no membership required. Excellent. Uh, could nice. I give my final thought? I didn't. I forgot yeah. that part. I, I just wanted to say uh, this was a great conversation. I learned a lot of different things from uh, Wajid. I think you have a great, vast 
wealth of knowledge and esoteric Eddie, not to discount Kyle and Steve, you know, you guys had some great stuff too, but you really, you two really brought some interesting stuff that I never heard before. That's, that's the, uh, the, what I'm getting at is that this was a great conversation. I love expanding. And I think that, uh, we can all sense that we're in a different time period than we've ever been in before that humanity has ever been in, at least on this simulation. And it's maybe breaking down and, it's getting crazy out there, but if we all just call to our God, whatever we call God, and we can look to our God for guidance, that we'll all end up ascending to heaven. Yes. Kyle? Uh, well, first off, I'll say thank you for the wonderful conversation. Um, you know, I went into this like, <laughs> well, I didn't know I was going up with the heavy hitters tonight. So uh, <laughs> I appreciate the the opportunity. Uh, I definitely learned a lot. I have I wasn't going to take notes. I was just going to sit here and listen. And I wrote down, you know, a whole page of notes. So uh, definitely got a lot to look into. Um, and I would love to have all of you on my show sometime to educate me a little bit on your own uh, unique belief systems and whatnot. Um and uh, yeah, so you can check me out the Big Dumb Podcast. We're on all po- podcast platforms, Alt Media United as well, and uh, YouTube. Uh, and trying to get on Rockfin, that's where the all the homies are going. So I'm trying to get over there. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much. And uh, final thoughts, just uh, you know, uh, I put in the chat, you know, what Jeet said: the sun is the key. Uh, unless these bastards block it out every day with their chemtrails, so we got to stop <laughs> that too, so we can really get the true power of the sun. So. Uh, just uh, look up to the sky, people, and try to stop what they're doing. Thank you. Fuck yeah, Kyle. Uh, Steve? So um, <clears throat> I'd close out with, uh, by all accounts, it really looks like we're in a period of acceleration over the last five or six years. And while that is happening and while forces are aligning to deliver a technocratic tyrannical new global governance it it is incumbent on everyone who has seen this and like i believe everyone here has been uh you know talking to as many people about that to to continue to do that but in my opinion to also help create these parallel structures parallel societies and other avenues uh of of uh you know working trading counter economics that sort of thing that that's going to be key as we go forward because the acceleration from the people who are making a coordinated effort to roll out a a technopoly um are are not going to just give up because they're bored uh so we you know panels like this are fantastic i felt incredibly out of my element and depth <laughs> and i want to thank everyone for their patience and grace you guys rock um and uh yeah you can find all of my stuff uh dot com uh website is getting revamped and it's going to be incredible um lots of big news coming up uh, I stream every Sunday at 1 p.m. on the East Coast. Uh, uh, Rockfin, of course, that show is also on Aftermath.fm and iHeartRadio. Uh, tomorrow, Ryan Christian, Lost American Vagabond, will be back on the program. I don't know when this comes out, by the way, uh, so maybe not. Um, Good. But uh, And then Monday through Friday, every day, uh, or at least Monday through Thursday, every day, uh, 8 a.m. on the West Coast, 11 a.m., 
on the East Coast is the morning edition. It's a lot of news and a lot of clips and occasional interviews. And if people would like to get their news six to 12 months early, please pull up for that. And thank you again. Excellent. Thank you, Steve. Uh, thank you, Steve. All right. All right. I just want to thank everybody here. Uh, this was a great time. Um, of course, you can find me on Instagram at Esoteric Eddie, or you can uh, watch some of my content on uh, YouTube at Esoteric Eddie TV. I also do have a bit shoot. Um, trying to be more active on there under Esoteric Eddie TV. Um, got a book out on Amazon. Just keep up with me. I'm going to be doing a lot of cool things over the next few years. I had a great time. I learned a lot of things. My closing thoughts are, if we are spiritual beings, and the purpose is to get back to that source through the school of life in this universe, I believe that that is an individual responsibility to the utmost severity. And um, it's something that I plan on doing myself. And I do every day, little by little, but I do plan on, on uh, eventually, if, you know, God willing to eventually get out of this uh, institutionalized system of globalization that keeps us chained and to uh, one day, hopefully just leave it all behind and live a life of a, of true mystic and, and um my last years on this life, I plan on the, uh, in this life, I plan on dedicating solely to that purpose, getting back to that source, because it's something we're all going to have to face. Um, so why not face it deliberately and, and with confidence? And <clears throat> but also to that point, um, I think life on this earth as a human, you know, is is awesome. It's entertaining, entertaining. It's wild. It's it's everything. It's everything we know. It's all the ups and the downs, the left and the rights. And uh, we'd be arrogant and selfish to think that uh, it's going to be over once we're gone. So not not only is becoming uh, spiritual once again and going back to the source, our individual utmost responsibility. I think it's also part of our responsibility as a human being to also um, uh, leave this place better off than we came to allow the people after us and around us to also enjoy it and have fun and um, allow them to have that chance, that opportunity that we all have right now to ascend and also have a great, awesome life here as well. Yeah. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, homie. Yo, uh, thank you everybody for helping us wrap up this epic month of um gnosis um and uh you know uh really just appreciate you guys you know this is not the last it wasn't the first and sure ain't uh the last one thing i do want to say i was going to say it earlier on the uh just a random uh random thing we were talking about um oh, oh shit what was it um sacrifice animal sacrifice i i was looking up you know i'm studying atlantis and everything and um poseidon worship right because poseidon was the god of atlantis um they uh some norse and other some norse religions or some norse cultures would sacrifice the horse by running them off and throwing them off of a cliff which is similar to the goat uh mm -hmm. 
which I thought was really interesting. And then you have other indigenous cultures running animals off a cliff uh, through, uh, you know, for, for different reasons. And there's something about that that's really interesting. I don't know what it is. I just, I had that uh, thought. So yeah. that's, that's it, I guess. It was just a random fun thing I wanted to leave off on. Maybe the animals should run them off the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, sweet. <laughs> um, yeah, I just want to say thank you for everybody, uh, to everybody for joining us. It's, uh, this was a great conversation. It was, uh, it was a really, uh, a privilege to hear everybody's opinion on this. Uh, I think it helps the listeners also that are listening to this have a deeper understanding of what spirituality can be to each individual person. You don't even have to be in a religion to be a spiritual person and to raise your vibration. Uh, but if you want to be, you can also. So if you find something that means something to you, that is okay. We don't have to be separate and different as long as we're trying to all achieve the same goal in the end. That's what really matters. And I hope that is what the biggest takeaway of this show is. And this whole month has been. And I just want to say, uh, so thank you to the listeners also and, and everybody here. And uh, you can check us out on uh, our Patreon where we have special shows for people that you can only get on the Patreon. I do a devil's advocate show where I talk to people about spirituality so I can understand their spiritual beliefs. Uh, and I ask about what they believe in the afterlife, what they believe uh, God is, uh, because I, I think this will help us understand each person as an individual and break our walls of fear down and our fear of accepting other people because they don't believe the same things. And so you can check that out on the Patreon. Also, also the homie Romy has uh, expanded understandings on there where he's talking about uh, plants and things that can help you in this journey uh, achieve health and other esoteric ideas of uh, pine pollen. Get pine pollen. It is one of the oldest, most beautiful nootropic herbs that will align all of the hormones in your body and get your glandular health absolutely optimal um, to regain all of the uh, invigoration that the human mm. spirit and body can feel. Pine pollen is amazing. And then polyricus black ant powder um, has been used in China for thousands of years. And you mix the two. And I'm going to tell you what right now. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. Black ant powder, pine pollen. Put it in some water. Drink it. Yabba dabba do. Uh, <laughs> and the last thing I want to say is next month we are doing the, the divine feminine. And we're going to talk about goddess and culture and in belief and then we're going to finish february off with another group show just like this with some different people and talk about the goddess and what that means and so it's Ooh, going to be another march? March? deep what's conversation march? and then march is going to be returned to tartaria uh, stick around uh we've got more stuff coming uh like share the show uh go check out all these other people uh Check out the big dumb. Check out Steve on Slow News Day. Check out Emmanuel on uh, Goodness Over Darkness. 
Uh, check out Esoteric Eddie's book. Check out and Wajid. YouTube channel. Yeah, check out. Got a great YouTube. Everything. Um, hopefully, I see Esoteric Eddie and Wajid on some other podcasts soon too, because I love hearing these guys. And uh, I wish everybody well. Have a good night and wake up. Thanks, yeah. guys.